Welcome to our live Bible teaching. We're continuing a series tonight we have been doing on the miraculous. We've been talking about the, the power of God and the manifestation of the power of God. Uh, we've learned a lot of things in this series so far. And if you haven't watched the previous ones, they're available for catch up on YouTube and on Facebook. But uh, you can still connect right in with us tonight in what we're going to be talking about. Now, one of the things that we have seen is that very often in the Bible, the word miracle, particularly the New Testament we're really referring to here, but very often the word miracle is the same word as the word power. It's dunamis. Now, there's some other words that are translated miracle, and we might refer to some of those, but really a miracle is a demonstration of power. And so we've, we've been spending some time talking about the power of God, and we've been really stirring up our confidence in that power. Because I think a lot of times Christians do not have much confidence in the power of God and just what God is capable of doing. And I believe God is wanting to raise our expectation. He's wanting to raise our confidence and our faith and bring us to the place where we have far greater confidence in what God's power is capable of doing in our lives. But very often when we think about the power of God, we think about the power of God manifesting through the minister or the person in the pulpit. We think about the power of God working in, in certain individuals. But the, one of the amazing truths of the New Testament is the fact that it's, it's right in the book of Acts. God said, I will pour out my spirit on all, all. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, so does the power of God. Because the Holy Spirit and the power of God are very synonymous terms in the Bible. And Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll have power. But many Christians, they, they've heard that and they think, well, okay, I've got the Holy Spirit. Where's the power then? And the fact of the matter is, is God has put his power on the inside of you. Many times Christians are praying, God, give us more power or pour out your power on the church. And, and we haven't appreciated what we actually have. But this is the important thing that you've got to realize. Just because power is present doesn't mean it's going to become active. God puts his power in us, but we have to learn how to connect in with that power and how to get it flowing in our lives and how to get it active. And a massive part of that is, is, is confidence and faith in the power of God. Faith and the power of God are so connected. But we, we've talked about some of this, but I, I just want to remind you of this because God is wanting Christians who know how to activate his power, how to have the power of God in manifestation and we've looked at these words. There's, the Bible talks about working power, demonstrated power, active power. And uh, it's, good, it's all good and well to have the power in us. But we want that power working. Paul talks about the power that is working in us. So we need to start to have greater confidence in this. And uh, really tap in and get that power flowing. God's wanting to raise the, our expectation. He's wanting to bring us to a place where, where the power of God is manifesting more and more through Christians, not just through people in the pulpit. God's power can flow through your life to the people around you and, can, and, and, and in your own life as well. So many people depend upon somebody else when they want the power of God. But we need as individuals to learn how to connect in and get that power flowing. So we've been talking about it. And, and thank you for the comment there. I love this. I'm, I'm glad people are enjoying this series. 
because this is vital. We need to understand the power of God working and manifesting in our lives. So we've taken the time. We've looked at the miraculous in the Bible. We, we've, we've had a look through some of the miracles. We've talked about it just to increase our vision and our expectation of what God is capable of doing. Some, sometimes we don't really realize just what he can actually do, how big, how incredible, how great and mighty he really is. We say this, but we don't really quite have the, the, the realization. But last, week, last time we started talking about resurrection power, the power to raise the dead. And we looked at some things and, 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 and I'm going to remind you of a few things because there's more that I want to say about that tonight. This is a bigger topic than, than, than can just be covered in one go. But I believe we need to actually start having confidence in resurrection power. That power that God's put on the inside of you. It's not low level power. It's not second rate power. It's not God's leftovers. This, the power that he put on this inside of you is the same power that was manifested when God raised Jesus from the dead. This is it. We need to begin to realize I've got power in me, but you know what? I've got resurrection power on the inside of me. Resurrection is the message of the New Testament. All over the pages of the New Testament, it, it refers to God raised Jesus from the dead. And, and it'll refer to things. We're going to look at some of those things today. But we need to have far greater realization, revelation. We need, our, we need our eyes open to the resurrection power that's on the inside of us. And what that power is capable of doing in our lives. If we will learn to connect in, tap in and have it flow through us. It, 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 God wants to. God wants to flow that power through us. But he's trying to teach us some things. That's why teaching is so important. The word of God shows us how to get this working. The word of God stirs our faith. And as we get teaching about this, as people connect in, that power can begin to manifest and flow in your life. And I believe, I believe we're going to see greater manifestations of the power of God. And I'm talking about resurrection power. And I believe we're going to see the dead raised. You know, it's almost a topic some Christians, I think, are a little bit cautious to talk about because, you know, we can accept it happening somewhere on the other side of the world or far away from us. But to begin to face the reality of the dead race right around us and the power of God manifesting like that, it's something that I think sometimes we don't really have that much expectation for. We put that down as unusual. But resurrection power is the core of Christianity. Jesus was raised from the dead. That resurrection power went into you when you received Jesus. The Bible says we were made alive. There was a resurrection that took place in your spirit. We died with Christ. We were made alive with him. Resurrection power was the very birth of you into Christianity. And then that resurrection power is put on the inside of you. And God wants to manifest it through you. This is why Paul prayed that our eyes would be open to the exceeding greatness of God's power, which was manifested when God raised Jesus from the dead. And he said that power is to us who believe. It's not unique it's just to Jesus. It's not just for him. And it's not just going to stay somewhere in the background. This is the kind of power God wants the church to walk in. And I believe that we're moving into some things. And I believe we're going to see some more manifestations and, and, and more of God moving. You know, Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Uh, just going to read this quickly, and then I'm going to get to where I want to get to the main verse. But Acts chapter 4, verse 33 says this. With great power, 
And that word is dunamis, with great power. And it's a great power. That's mega power, megathos, big, massive, huge power. With great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. It doesn't say they gave, they gave witness to the death of Jesus. It says they gave witness to the resurrection. And as they did, there was a manifestation of power. Too often, all we talk about is the death of Jesus. And I talked about this last time. We need to talk more about the resurrection of Jesus. It is putting confidence in, the, in the, that demonstration of miraculous power of Jesus being raised from the dead that, that, that a person needs in order to receive Jesus. So that, that resurrection power has is, is, is got to become core. We, gotta, we need to talk about this more. We need to focus on this more. We need to have our confidence and our expectation raised in that resurrection power of God. I'm still seeing some good evenings. Good evening, Caroline and some of the others. Good to see everybody as you're joining us. Now, let's go to John chapter 14. And this is a familiar verse. This is the verse where Jesus talked about, you will do greater works. And I want to talk a little bit about that tonight uh, and see something that, that John has. Maybe see it from a slightly different angle, but add something into this. John chapter 14 and verse 8. Uh, Philip, Philip came to Jesus and said to him, show us the Father. Show us the Father and, and that will be sufficient for us. You know, it, it, because Jesus had talked a lot about the Father. So they said, where is he? Show us. We want to see him. And in response to, G to, to Philip's question, Jesus points at himself. And he's, in verse 9, he says, have I been with you so long? And yet you've not known me, Philip. Uh, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And how can I say, show us the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen him. Well, where, where did they see him in Jesus? Now, you could say, well, they just looked at him and could see the Father. But no, look at what Jesus is saying here. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then he, he goes on to explain what he means. He says this, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak. So he refers to the words that he speaks. What he said, the words that I speak to you i do not speak on my own authority but the father who dwells in me he does the works now it's interesting because he starts off talking about words what i say and then he, he he moves on and he talks about the father dwelling in him and he does the works so he he highlights two things his words and his works what he said and what he did and these are the things that revealed the father that's why he said to Philip, if you look at what I've done, if you look at what I've said, who I am and the way I've treated people, the, 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 the miraculous, that will reveal to you the father, what kind of father he is. And, and I've done other teaching about that. I don't, I'm not going to focus right there. If you want to know if God heals, you look at Jesus. He's the primary place. A lot of times people try to get their doctrine everywhere else in the Bible but the ministry of Jesus. If you want the clearest revelation in the Bible that there is of what the Father is like, look at Jesus. Jesus said, look at me. If you've seen me, you've seen him. And so you look at Jesus healed, he, he, what he did for people. That reveals to us the Father and the nature of the Father. But here's the thing. After Jesus referred to his words and his works, he stopped talking about his words. And for, he, he continued on talking about his works. 
So he puts, he, he mentions my words reveal the father, but then he talks about my works. He, the father in me does the works. And for the next couple of verses, he keeps talking about works, the works that I've done. And he's highlighting a lot of things, but it includes the miraculous. Now, it's interesting because, you know, I was looking this up and we've been talking a lot about dunamis, the power of God. But John, in his gospel, does not use that word. The, the dunamis is not in the gospel of John. He, he, he uses different words. Now, Matthew, Mark, Luke and Acts. And from then on, it's used. John doesn't even use that word. Uh, and and his, his, his language is different. He uses very different Greek words to the other gospel writers. But what, do, what, what John does refer to is he refers to signs. And it's a different word and it's sometimes translated miracles. But he also refers to works. The works. Now, works has got a lot to do with doing things, what the Father has done and what he does. So John is not emphasizing power, but he's emphasizing what God does and what we can expect him to do, the acts of God. And there's a big emphasis in John and the Father doing things, the Father doing things. That's amazing when you look at this passage. Like I said, Jesus refers to what he said and what he did. But then he stopped talking about what he said and he went on about what he, his works. It's amazing these days how people can accept that the father is saying something, but they can't accept that the father is doing something. And Jesus actually emphasized more of the works. Oh, yeah, you know that God doesn't heal anymore. But, you know, he, we, you know, the works. And we're going to talk a bit about the works. And I want to, I want to highlight something because a little bit further on, Jesus, let's, let's read, in fact, verse 11. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works. There it is. He doesn't refer to the words again. The works. What is happening through him. Verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works. Now, someone says, what are the greater works? I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. But, you know, half the time we're not even doing the works he was doing. Let's at least get the works going and then let's press on to the greater works. But one of the things I love about this, and, and, and I've said this to a few people recently. You know, Jesus did not leave us the impression that we could just do what he did. He, and, and, and he certainly didn't leave us the impression that we could not do what he did. If you look at Jesus' teaching, it is constantly trying to bring us to the place of understanding that we can do what he did. Now, religion has tried to minimize that. And say, oh, it's just Jesus and it was just the apostles. That's contrary to everything Jesus said and did. And that's why it's not scriptural. That's a false doctrine. Jesus constantly emphasized, you can do these things. And he was constantly, even when he cursed the fig tree, he turned to his disciples and said, you could do what was done to the fig tree. He didn't say that was exclusive to me. But here's the amazing thing. Jesus didn't just say, you can do what was done to the fig tree and leave it at that. He, he expanded it and he said, you can do what was done to the fig tree. But not only that, you can do it to a mountain. Jesus wanted us to see something. He wanted us to catch a vision and a realization that actually we can do greater than he did. Now, that'll offend a lot of Christian, a lot of religious teaching, because they don't even believe we can do what he did. But Jesus was constantly trying to bring us to the place of, of, of expanding our vision and our faith 
to the realization that there that, that he only showed us the tip of the iceberg. He only introduced us into the manifestation of the power of God. And I've got a lot more to say about that, but it, it, I don't believe it was ever God's intention that the power of God was primarily just manifested through Jesus and then nothing else after that. I believe Jesus was trying to bring a group, a body to a place where the power of God can manifest to a far greater level and a far greater degree. He was just introducing us. Now we've looked at what Jesus did and we thought, wow, that's amazing. Wow, that was just unique to Jesus. But Jesus was constantly trying to show us you can do it. Not only that, you can do more. Why would Jesus say that? Why? Because it's true. It's true. He said, I cursed a fig tree, you go curse a mountain. And here he said, I did works, you go do greater works. Jesus wanted us to begin to realize that that power, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit that came upon the church was to bring us into a place of great power, great manifestation of the dynamis power of God, the miraculous demonstrating, not just through certain individuals like the Old Testament, not just through individuals, the prophets like Elijah and Moses, but through the body of Christ, us. We are to come to this place. And, the, and I believe we are in that generation now where God wants us to see this clearly. Now let's look at, let's, let's go somewhere else. Well, let, I want to look at somewhere else Jesus mentioned greater works. Now many people say this, then what, what are the greater works? They don't realize he mentioned it somewhere else as well in John. Remember, the emphasis on, of works, John is emphasizing what God does because the miraculous are, 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 are actions. The power of God is one side of the miraculous, but what we've been talking about is active power. That's why John put an emphasis on works, what the Father does. He wanted us to recognize this is active. This is stuff that happens. It's not just stuff that stays deep in your heart. This power is to be active. It is to do something through you. There are to be manifestations of the power of God through you. The Father wants to do works, do things, do acts through your life. Now let's go, let's go on. John, John uh, chapter 5. John chapter 5. Jesus said something about the, the works again and the, the greater works. Now he's having a discussion here with the religious people, some of the Jews, and, they, and again, as per usual, they're getting offended at him. <laughs> verse, John chapter 5, verse 16. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him. Well, why couldn't they kill him? Because his time wasn't ready and, and the power of God protected him. We've talked about that. Okay. Because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Notice that they're all upset about what he did on the Sabbath. They, they, they were completely missing the plot. They were, they had, they were so focused on the wrong thing, they weren't seeing what Jesus wanted them to see. They got caught up on, oh, it's the Sabbath. They shouldn't do things on the Sabbath. When Jesus was trying to show them who the Father is. Okay. But verse 17, then Jesus answered them, my Father, I love this. I love the tense he puts this in. Notice this. I, my Father has been working until now. He doesn't say my father used to work. He, 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 that has been working. In the English, certainly, we would call that the continuous perfect tense or the continuous, I can't remember their name, okay? But it's the idea of something that started in the past and it's constantly happening still in the now. 
He doesn't put it in a past sense. My father has been working. And that's what they didn't like because they, they thought of the God who worked six days and took the seventh day off. But Jesus gives this impression. God doesn't stop working. He has been working until now. See, so many people want to tell us God doesn't do these things anymore. Or he does them sometimes. No, 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 no. My father has been working until now. He hasn't stopped working. Okay. And, and then he says, and I have been working. And then again, it says, therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath. So they're all caught up on the Sabbath. But he also said God was his father. So they are they focused on the Sabbath and the and he oh terrible. He called God his father. I understand there was a new thing to them, but they are focusing on the wrong thing. They're not getting out of what he said what they should have been getting out of what he said. Jesus is emphasizing what the father does, the works of the father, the, the deeds. And in fact, that terminology is all through the Old Testament. God's great acts. But it's typical that people look in the Bible and they get the wrong thing out of it. They don't hear what God's actually saying. This is what's happening with the Jewish, the, the, the Jewish people here. They're missing what he's saying. And Jesus is trying to emphasize and show them something about this father who doesn't stop doing things. Get a revelation of this. He, he still hasn't stopped. He's still, God, the father is still ready to do works. The works of God are ready to manifest right now, right here, today, tomorrow, the next day. The works of the father don't stop. Anyway, so they sought to kill him. Verse 18, verse 19. He, he, now notice again, you read verse 19. Notice the, the emphasis on do, works. This is again, this connects in with some of the things I've said in the series. God's power is not just, in, he didn't put his power in you to be passive. That power is intended to be working power. That's the word, working, active. It is intended to do things. That's why he put it in you. God did not put his power in you to just sit dormant in the background and never show up. He put it in you and then he teaches you in his word how to get it working. Because God is a worker. My father has been working. He is wanting to do and manifest. Notice in verse 19, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do. There it is. Do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. Whatever he does, <laughs> the son also does. You get the, you see the Jews are all caught up on, oh, it's the Sabbath. And oh, he called the father, the God is father. They're missing the plot. He is emphasizing a God who does things and who manifests and who shows up. Does God still heal? Yes, because he does things. He is a doing God who demonstrates and moves and, and works. <laughs> okay. Verse 20. For the father loves the son and shows him all the things he himself does. Get the theme Jesus is focusing on, the things he does. And here it is. And he will show him greater works. Greater works. So Jesus said, what you've seen so far, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's what he's telling them. Now, today, people want to tell us that was when the greatest things happened back then. 
Jesus says he's talking about a father who has been working. And then he says this, and he puts this one, he will show him greater works. Jesus is saying the greater works are still coming at the time he was talking. He's not saying they're going to stop. I believe Jesus is, is talking about that day after he was on the earth, when the body of Christ came. It has always been God's intention to do more through the body of Christ than he did through Jesus and to do more through the body of Christ and through the believer than he has ever done through any prophet in history in the Old Testament. It has always been God's intention that we walk in the greater. Not just a fig tree, a mountain. <laughs> now notice what he says here. He will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. So, okay, what are these greater works? Notice the very next thing Jesus talks about right after referring to greater works here. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. There it is right there. What are the greater works? The greater works is that manifestation of resurrection power, which is the which is the power of the New Testament. Moses didn't have resurrection power. He had an anointing upon his life. Resurrection power is the power that God released through Jesus and brought into the church. We have a far greater, higher level of power for the church today than than, than at any other point in the history since God created the universe. Resurrection power is the emphasis of the New Testament. It is all over it. And it is manifestations of that resurrection, that higher level power. That's why with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We haven't seen this. We haven't quite, we're not as excited about resurrection power as we should be. That's why last time I showed you an event that's coming. Bible shows us there is an event coming where there's going to be a massive manifestation of resurrection power right across the planet. But it's not just reserved for then. We can experience and walk in resurrection power in our lives today over and over again. Let's, let's look at this. Let's talk about this. In fact, Hebrews chapter, Hebrews 11, Hebrews chapter 11. And many Christians are still trying to get a hold of the concept of the fact that I've got the power of God inside of me. People are still struggling on that one. Let's get past that. Let's move. Let's get a hold of that truth. But then let's realize what exactly this power is. Paul talks about we have a treasure in earthen vessels. There is something God has put inside the believer that has never been walked in before the new covenant, before the New Testament. Jesus didn't say they did the greater works in the Old Testament and I'm now here doing the next level of greater ones, but no one will ever be able to do what I've did. The, 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 the expectation was that it was to go to a higher level after Jesus, not during Jesus' life. Why? That's because that's what God's always been trying to get to. A body, a group of people, a body of Christ, the church on the earth, walking in the highest level of power that God has ever released on this planet. But it's in you right now. 
if you could just get a revelation of what's actually in there. When God put his power on the inside of you, he didn't just put a tiny little battery and say, okay, I'll put a little bit of power on the inside of you. One drop for that Christian, one drop for that Christian. Oh, don't be greedy now. You can't have a lot. Just another drop for you. Okay, I'll give you two drops because, you know, you, you, and, and I'll give you half a drop. No, no, no. God put the highest level of power that he had inside of you. That's why Paul prayed. God open their eyes to what they've got. That power, that greater works comes as a manifestation of resurrection power through the believer. We need to have greater faith in resurrection power. Why do you think the very first thing God wants you to believe when you become a Christian is resurrection? He's trying to set you down a course so that the rest of your Christian life is, is, is firmly rooted in in the power of resurrection that's not just the day you become a christian that is supposed to be the course you follow from then on that's why the apostles everywhere they went they preached the resurrection and power manifested great power god starts you off day one as a christian with an act of resurrection power in your life and it's supposed to be walked in from that moment forward. You're supposed to put faith in resurrection power the day you get born again, the day you receive Jesus. And then that faith in the, what resurrection power can do is supposed to grow and expand. It's not just, I believed in Jesus. I believe God raised Jesus from the dead. And now I've, I don't really think about resurrection anymore. Now I'm thinking about all the other things. No, you are supposed to grow in resurrection faith, expanding, growing more faith, more confidence in the power of resurrection power through my life. And just how powerful that is. Look at this. Let's look at some things. Hebrews chapter 11. I want to show, I want to show you, first of all, that faith is connected to resurrection. Faith is connected to resurrection. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33. Now, Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. It's just talked about by faith Abraham, by faith Noah, by faith Moses, all the different faith things in the old testament but then it says hebrews eleven thirty three, who through faith so everything he's about to say is put, going to put a list of things all of this was done through faith so he's connecting faith to these things he's about to list off hebrews eleven thirty three, who through faith subdued kingdoms worked righteousness obtained promises stopped the mouths of lions quenched the violence of fire escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life. Again, there it is right there in the great faith chapter. He is connecting faith to that manifestation of, of resurrection power. That Shunammite woman who came to, uh, I think it was Elisha or Elijah, I think it was Elisha. That woman had some faith. She's one of those women. Her child died. She went straight to the prophet and she said, no, 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 I'm not having this. And every, she didn't even tell the people around her her child had died. Her husband says, is everything okay? She, she said, yeah, all is well. And she went straight to the prophet. And her faith activated that power. That was a droplet of what we have. But God wants us. Then why do you think? And I looked at this last time. J Jesus with Jairus, his daughter died. Jesus didn't say, okay, Jairus, you just leave your faith aside now. This is down to just me doing this all. No, he said to Jairus, stay in there with me, Jairus. Just because she's dead, don't stop you believing. But if you believe, 
keep your faith connected into resurrection power. And that and Jairus experienced a miracle. If you look at Lazarus, when Lazarus was raised from the dead, Jesus talked to Mary and Martha about believing. He said, did I not say to you that if you will believe, you will see the glory of God? There is faith in resurrection power. Now, I'm not saying running around, just walking, you know, running around, raising everyone from the dead. All, all of these instances, there were family connections. There were children, parents or children, stuff like that. But what I'm trying to get you to understand right now is that we need to have our faith raised in resurrection power. And I'm not even just talking about raising the dead physically. I'm talking about the whole concept of believing just how powerful what I have on the inside of me is. That same resurrection power is what heals you. That resurrect healing is a manifestation of life driving death out of the body. Healing is a manifestation of resurrection power. If you just began to realize what you've got on the inside of you, you would realize that same, that same life has, that, that brought your spirit back to life has the power to spread through organs and body parts and raise destroy death and what death has done. Look at this. I read this last time. He talked about this in Romans 8. We read this. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, will give life to your mortal body. That's not the only verse in the New Testament where he talks about resurrection power and connection to the body. That's one of them. Over and over again, he, he wants us to see resurrection power. Look at this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, I'm not going to read every verse, but 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 13, he is talking about the body. Not, not, the, not the body of Christ, the physical body, your body. Okay? In fact, I will read it. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 13. Food for the stomach and stomach for foods, but God will destroy them both, uh, uh, both it and them. Now, and then he's talking, now the body, the body, the body, the body, this, the physical body, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Now, the church has no problem preaching that part. Now, skip verse 14 and read verse 15. So he's just, be, he's, verse 13, he's talking about the body, the physical body. Verse 15, do you not know that your bodies... Bodies again. He's still talking about bodies. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. So verse 13, he's talking about the physical body. Verse 15, he's talking about the physical body. What do you think he says in verse 14 in the middle? Verse 14 says this, and God both raised up resurrection raised up the lord and will also raise us up by his power right in the middle of talking about the physical body he refers to resurrection power notice he does it again second corinthians chapter four second corinthians chapter four verse seven and we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's the one I that's the one I quoted a moment ago. In fact, if you go back into second earlier on in Second Corinthians chapter four and into chapter three, the treasure he is referring to there is the glory. 
the glory of God that comes through the light of the gospel of the glory that is there, that is in us. We have this treasure. Where is that treasure? It's just in my spirit? No, in earthen vessels. That's the body. God has put something inside of us. We just don't, we, have, we haven't quite seen this. We haven't realized this. Resurrection power can just right there, right now, cause cancer to disappear. Resurrection power on the inside of a believer can just cause an arm to grow if it has to. That's what, that's what resurrection power can do. It is resurrection power. It's the power to bring things back to life. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. Now, verse 10 and 11, he keeps referring to the body. He talks about carrying about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus. He talks about that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body, body, physical body. Okay. Uh, verse 11, he refers to our mortal flesh. So verse 7, earthen vessels. Verse 10, body. Verse 10, body. Verse 11, our mortal flesh. What's he talking about in this passage? The physical body. And what, is it, what does he get to in verse 14? Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus raised up resurrection. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. He doesn't just emphasize resurrection in Jesus. He's talking about resurrection in you. And right there, he's talking about the body. There is resurrection power for the physical body. There is power that will manifest in us. If we begin to realize just what level of power you've got inside, people are saying, oh, I need someone to pray for me to get me the power. You have got resurrection power right there on the inside of you. It is, and if you, you, this is what we're doing in the series. Get connected, become aware of, begin to learn how to get that power active, working, because the Father wants to do works in your life through that power that's already on the inside of you. And when that power manifests, it has the power to raise things and bring things back to bring things back to life, where these being death. <laughs> this is such a strong message in the New Testament. We've not talked about resurrection enough. You know what I said a moment ago? Faith, faith is connected to resurrection. That's what he showed in, in Hebrews eleven. Through faith. Women had their dead raised to life again. With Jairus, Jesus referred to believe. Lazarus, you referred to believe. How does faith come? By hearing the word. Why do we not have a lot of faith in resurrection power? Because we don't talk about it very much. We don't hear about it. This is why we're talking about this. The more we talk about this, this some, some of us... You could get this right now. You could the, the penny can just drop, as we might say, the expression. Just say, "Wow, I suddenly see it." But at the same time, if if, if we haven't heard about this much, sometimes sometimes our, we, we we don't have a lot of confidence in this. That's why we got to talk about it more. We got to begin start getting Christians hearing resurrection, resurrection, resurrection. The power that raises the dead. That power, that healing. We often call it healing power. That is a manifestation of resurrection power in your body. It is, a, it, it, it is a taster of what's eventually going to happen when Jesus comes back. But resurrection, that's what God wants us to begin to see.
Let's go to John 11. I've referred to Lazarus. Let's talk a little bit about Lazarus raised from the dead. Just as we finish off here today. If, if we could just see this. I, I really believe that we need to meditate a bit more on, on resurrection power. If you begin to just realize how much he refers to it in the New Testament, he keeps referring to it, but he doesn't just refer to Jesus raised from the dead. In fact, I skipped over the verse, but 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, where he talks about, we read some of it last week, that in the, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're all going to be changed. But the whole of 1 Corinthians 15 is about resurrection. And he's, he's talking about Jesus raised from the dead. But then he talks about this in verse 20. Now, if Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those. First fruits means he's the first one, but there's going to be others. Who are the others? Us. Resurrection power is something we, it's, it's, it's for us. It's just as much as it was for Jesus. And in verse 21, he says, for since by man came death, that's Adam, by man also came the resurrection of the dead through Christ. Adam brought death. What did Jesus bring? Notice this, by man, Jesus, there he's referring to, came the resurrection of the dead. That's why I'm saying to you, resurrection is the core message. This is what Jesus brought. This is, this is central to the message. He brought resurrection. Not just for himself. For you. For us. Manifestations of resurrection power. It starts in your spirit the day you become born again. But that resurrection power, God wants it to begin to permeate throughout your entire being. And the more we begin to have confidence and faith in this, the more we begin to get stirred up. i got resurrection power on the inside of me. I have the same power in me that raised Jesus from the dead, that manifested and brought his body back to life. Healing, that's nothing. Cancer, my word, that's nothing. Brain damage, missing eyes, missing arms, missing legs, that's nothing to resurrection power. You begin to have a comparison and you realize these things are nothing to the power of what resurrection can do. And as we begin to talk and believe and have greater confidence in resurrection, and we begin to talk about that future manifestation that we're right on the verge of, I believe we're not that far from it, where it's going to manifest planet-wide. Our faith raises, 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 raises in the resurrection power of God. We learn to walk in it. We learn to have it manifest in our lives. The power of it manifesting rises up in our lives to the point that eventually it just manifests planet-wide through the whole lot of us. That's not just going to be a sudden event that God's just going to suddenly decide one day he wakes up. He goes, okay, let's raise, raise everyone and have a mass resurrection right across the planet. That is, I believe that is going to come as a progression as we start to have more confidence in resurrection power. We just get closer and closer. We get so stirred up about this. We walk in it more. We manifest that power works through us. It just goes through us more and more and more. And suddenly like that, it's manifest planet wide through the whole lot of us. I don't know if you can see that. Why do you think God put resurrection all over the New Testament? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He wants us to see this. He wants us to understand that that exceeding great power of resurrection. John 11, let's talk a little bit about Lazarus and then we'll close off. Lazarus. Now I'm not going to read the whole passage, but so we'll skip the earlier parts of it. 
but Lazarus comes, uh, sorry, Jesus comes to, to, to when Lazarus has died in Bethany. And, and, and verse 17, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And we see this as unusual, what happened here. This isn't supposed to be unusual in the church. Jesus said, we'll do greater works. We'll have, greater, we'll have manifestations of resurrection power too. Anyway, so Mary and Martha, they start talking to, um, to, talking to Jesus. And there's a bit of interaction between Jesus and Mary and Martha when he first arrives. But what does Jesus start talking about? Notice in verse, um, verse 21, in fact. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, that tells me a few things. First of all, that phrase tells me she did believe Jesus could heal her brother. She had confidence Jesus could heal Lazarus. And in fact, Mary says the same thing later on to Jesus. Both of them believe Jesus was the healer. And they had enough confidence to believe that if Jesus had been there before Lazarus died, their brother would not have died. So they had faith up to that point. Now, listen to what I'm saying. It's very important. They had enough faith to believe God could heal Lazarus. But the moment Lazarus died, they turned their faith off. They thought it's all over. They put the stone in front of his tomb. They closed it all off. What did I say last time about Jairus? Jairus got the news. The daughter's dead. Jesus turns to him and says, don't give up on me yet, Jairus. See, could Jairus say, God let him down? Jesus let him down because his daughter died. No, he couldn't. Because God wasn't finished working yet. Yeah, with Lazarus, the same thing. I'm not, I, 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 there's something here we need to see. Let, Martha and Mary, their, their faith only went so far. They only had enough confidence to believe Jesus could heal. But the moment Lazarus died, they turned their faith off. Sometimes, sometimes people say, or let me put it to you this way. We need to have enough confidence in what God can do to believe that if I've put my trust in God, I am not going to pull and stop my trust in God. If I've trusted God for something, just because it goes wrong in the natural doesn't mean God's finished working. People give up on their faith stand. We get to a point where we stop because we still have the, the point where the circumstances determine our faith. And whether we still believe God. God's wanting to bring us to a point where we will say, God, you, you, your power can do anything, anytime. Okay? So they say, they say he wouldn't have died. What does Jesus begin to talk about in verse 23? Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. What's he saying? It's not finished yet, Martha. Not over yet. You've quit. You've pulled out on your face down. It ain't over yet. And Martha, again, she, she didn't quite see what Jesus was saying. She turns to Jesus and said, yeah, I, I know he, he will rise again at the resurrection in the last day. That's good. She had confidence in that. But she didn't get what Jesus was saying. Jesus wasn't talking about something further down the road. He was talking about right now, right here in the next few minutes. She didn't get it. She couldn't see it. Her faith couldn't go far enough. She could only see God will heal him. After that, it's all over. And Jesus begins to say, 
he can rise again. And she, and, and she chokes. She said, oh, no, no, eventually he will. She was by, she couldn't see it. She didn't quite get what he was trying to say. Jesus was trying to raise her up and begin to say, more can happen. That's when Jesus turns to her and said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes, why does he talk to her about believing? They're discussing Lazarus dead. And in her mind, eventually one day in the, in, in the end times, being raised up. And he starts to talk to her about believing. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And he who lives and believes in me, he shall never die. Do you believe this? He's trying to get Martha to expand her vision as to what's possible. He's trying to get her to begin to, the light to go on and her to begin to see, I have the resurrection right here in front of me right now well if you're the resurrection why should i have to wait till the, the sweet by and by let's do it now jesus <laughs> that's what jesus is trying to do with her but she can't she, she, she's not seeing it okay she's trying to begin to get her to see i'm the resurrection martha i'm here right now that same resurrection powers in every one of us Okay, and then she said, yes, Lord, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of God. She doesn't mention anything about resurrection, though. <laughs> she doesn't quite get that, but she hasn't got enough faith level in resurrection here. Verse 37, all the others, they said the same thing. They said, some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Everybody's focusing on, couldn't he have kept him from dying? Well, if, you know, if God loved you, couldn't he, couldn't he have stopped him dying? Just because Lazarus died, did that mean God was finished working? No. No. God's power is bigger than death. Death is defeatable. Resurrection power can smash death right in then and manifest and change things. But too often we, we have a, a certain point where we'll believe God that far and then we quit. And I think that's one of the reasons we don't see a lot more powerful things manifest. We pull out. We reach a point where we think, oh, well, now I've got to close the books on that. You know, I know we trusted God, but, you know, well, we never understand these things, all these mysteries. And there's a lot of people walking around saying God let them down when actually they stopped their faith stand. This is challenging. But why, am I, why am I saying this? Because I'm trying to stretch us. I'm trying to show us God wants to bring us to a point where there's no, where's the, where our faith doesn't have a limit. We just believe in a God who can do anything. And we ain't going to quit on believing him to do anything. Nothing is going to stop us. We're not going to say, well, if you had been here, if God had shown up on time, you wouldn't have died. No, God can still show up now. God can still work. God can still do. He hasn't stopped doing. My father's still working and he's here to do greater works right now. Jesus said, the resurrection's right here, right in front of you right now. Believe it, Martha. She couldn't see it. She couldn't see it. Thankfully, Jesus went on and did the miracle. And he called out, Lazarus is raised from the dead. And there's a manifestation of power. What am I trying to show you guys today? Why am I talking about resurrection power? Because it's all over the New Testament. We've not seen just how powerful this power is that God's put in us. And, and, and we're almost timid 
to talk about resurrection, raised from the dead. We can talk about it in the sense of it happened to Jesus. We can talk about it a little bit in the sense of, well, you know, God made me alive in my spirit. And we can talk about it a little bit in the sense of a future event that's coming. But we really struggle to accept the power of resurrection now in our lives today. Now, if God didn't want us to, um, to accept the, the, just how powerful resurrection is today, he wouldn't have put it all over the New Testament. But he did. Because he wants us to begin to raise our faith level in just how incredible this power is. And where God's trying to say, is, that's why Jesus said you can do bigger, you can do greater. What are the greater works? They are manifestations of resurrection power. Don't just, he said, I'll deal with a fig tree. You go deal with a mountain. Let's stretch ourselves. Let's begin to believe that power that is in me really is incredible. That's why Paul said, you've got a treasure in earth and vessels. There is something God's put his glory inside of you. And in fact, Romans chapter 8 talks about that, 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 that the sons of God being revealed on this planet. There's going to come a time and God is wanting to bring us to the place where he reveals and he manifests himself in fullness through us. We talked about that a few months ago, the fullness of God. God wants to, God wants to push the faith level up. So that the working of the power level can go up through the body of Christ. Amen. Anyway, some of that you might have to take and meditate on a little bit. Begin to realize, I've got resurrection power inside of me. I've got the same power that raised Jesus from the dead in, in my life. And, I, and the more I learn to get that power working, God wants to work. God wants to do. God wants to manifest. God's not just a God who talks. Now, believe me, I value what God says. I love the word of God. But that's why Jesus said, you, if you, the words that I speak to you show the Father and the works. Many people want to just hear the words, but they don't want the works. But the Father is still working. Where? Through us. His resurrection power is there ready to manifest. Amen. So I trust this is stirring you up. And I trust this is just maybe giving you a glim glimpse of some things. Opening your eyes a little bit. Because that resurrection power, God wants to manifest it through a greater degree. These things are in the Bible. We've got to study them. Jairus, Lazarus, we can't be afraid to talk about these things. This isn't just a hush-hush subject in Christianity. This is something where we begin to realize that there's something. There is something in resurrection power that is ready to happen through Christians who learn how to get the power of God working in their lives. Amen. So God bless you. And uh, we will see you again soon, next week, for some more. And thank God um, that uh, we're going to be, I'm going to be doing some extra healing teaching soon, but it's probably going to be a different time, different day. I'm not even sure, but some announcements will go up. It's going to be an additional one. I've just got it on my heart to do some teaching on healing. Um, and, and so it's going to be a separate teaching to this particular one. I'm going to keep this particular teaching going, and I'm going to do a second one where I'm going to really put some teaching on healing out. Because I need that, uh, I just in my heart, I just keep sensing we need to be doing that. So I'm looking at all of that. We're going to be doing that quite soon. So keep an eye out for any announcements and the website and different things for that. God bless you. Thank you. Good to see you, Carlos. And thank you for everyone else who's commented as well. And we will see you all again uh, next week. Bless you all.